Just give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is most definitely all about the heart. If you hear something that you like and you want to connect with us, we love hearing from you. So follow me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen at HH Talk Radio or tweet at us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. We are talking about transformation. And by transformation, I mean taking the lives that we are living or the lives that we have lived and transcending our challenges, our stories, our pity parties, our whining, our fetching, and making <clears throat> our experiences into something of meaning, something that matters, to live the life that we have always wanted to live. And my first guest today has been doing that for decades, in fact. Dr. Barbara DeAngelis is one of the most influential teachers of our time in the field of personal and spiritual development. For the past 35 years, she has, run, she has reached tens of millions of people throughout the world with her inspirational messages about how to create a life of true freedom, mastery, and awakening. As a best-selling author, popular television personality, and sought-after motivational speaker, Barbara is legendary in the field of personal transformation as one of the first people to popularize the idea of self-help in the 1980s. She has sold out seminars, she's been on TV, radio, she, publishing, speaking engagements. She has created the brand Barbara DeAngelis and is continually sought out by corporations, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and by anyone who simply wants to learn how to transform themselves, their businesses, and their relationships from the inside out. Dr. DeAngelis is the author of 14 best-selling books which have sold over 10 million copies and have been published throughout the world in 25 languages. She has had an amazing four number one New York Times bestsellers, including Real Moments, Are You the One for Me? Secrets about, every, Secrets about Men Every Woman Should Know and Chicken Soup for the Couple's Soul, as well as How Did I Get Here? Finding Your Way to Renewed Hope and happiness when life and love take unexpected turns. And she has a new book that is about to be launched called Soul Shifts, Transformative Wisdom for Creating a Life of Authentic Awakening, Emotional Freedom, and Practical Spirituality. And after that, auspicious greeting and welcome, Barbara. 
Hello. I'm, it's very auspicious when uh, two people committed to the transformation of the planet get to come together and create a vortex of inspiration and wisdom. So I'm very, very honored to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us. You are, have been prolific in your desire to transform, to elevate. And this new book that you have worked on, that you have been writing and are about to publish, um, talks about how we can make an internal uh, shift, an internal perspective or paradigm change that affects the external world. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration for the book. I've been doing this for a long time, as you mentioned when you were reading my bio, and um, I started my own spiritual path in 1969, when many people listening were not born, and um, long before it was popular to uh, work on oneself, and the word personal transformation actually as a phrase didn't exist, and I was one of the people you know who really popularized that idea when I began, and one of the things I've seen over the many, many decades of teaching and doing radio shows and TV shows and writing is that there are a lot of very sincere seekers and I call them you know light workers the, those of us on the cosmic advance team who are here to try to help uplift the planet and I have worked with so many people who with that sincerity have found that in spite of their efforts to learn to grow to read to do work on themselves, they, they simply want to go faster. And that all of the adjustments they're making on the outside, trying to control their thinking, trying to be positive, trying to set goals, all of that keeps colliding with things on the inside. One of the reasons I wrote Soul Shifts was to really help people understand that growth and transformation is not about uh, rearranging the things in the outside of your life or doing something that in a sense uh, looks good, but actually making profound vibrational shifts on the inside. That's what allows real transformation and real rebirth and practical spirituality. Um, practical spirituality means, you know, what do you do when you're sitting there saying, I know I'm a divine being, and you wake up and you want to kill your husband. You see, what, what does that mean? How do we deal with those inner collisions and actually go from management of ourselves to mastery? That's, in a nutshell, what Solstice was about and very practical techniques I've been teaching for a long time and living with to make that happen. Let's talk for a moment about, uh, firstly, identifying vibrational shifts, because I think for some of our listeners, this might be a little bit of a, of, of a new terminology. You know, it, is I, a new, it is a new terminology. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, it's a new terminology because um, no one's really talked about it before. And um, I talk about the shift from positive thinking to positive vibrating. What does that mean? It means understanding that we all, as I know you know, are just different forms of energy vibrating. Physics tells us this. Um, from the planet to a star, to a tree, to your dog, to you. We're just matter vibrating in different patterns. All of our thoughts, our behavior, our feelings are coming from those vibrations. To shift on the level of our thoughts or control our feelings or adjust our behavior is fine. But to actually figure out what is blocking our vibrating at the highest level. In a sense, short-circuiting our spiritual and emotional circuitry. Why is it that how the highest level of energy and love comes through us and gets kind of twisted up and how it comes out is not what we want? What is going on? How do we actually do things from day to day to shift vibrationally? And the simplest example I can give is understanding that every thought we have, everything we do, everything we see either creates vibrational expansion or contraction. We all know that. You talk to somebody, you feel better. You talk to someone, you don't feel better. So I teach a lot about how to really locate things that will adjust and open you energetically and vibrationally so who you say you are in the outside is really matching how you are on the inside. I call this vibrational credibility. So when you people see you, um, you don't just look good or sound good, you feel good. That takes work. 
That's more than just having some positive thoughts. That takes an actual shift, but it's not that hard to do. And when you shift on the inside, everything shifts and you don't have to control it all the time. Well, let's talk about let's talk about shifting on the inside because this is a concept most of us can uh, uh, relate to and understand. But for some, it is not easy to shift because we get comfortable in our story, we get comfortable Correct. in our circumstance, and there is a security in the unhappiness for many. It's a um, I I love when you said comfortable in your story. It's one of the things I teach in my seminars. What it really has to do with is one of the chapters of the book talks about this, our relationship to seeing, to be a real seeker, to change, to shift. You have to be a seer, and that means being willing to see what is. And this is where most of us have a conditional relationship to growth. And one of the first things I talk about in Soul Ships that people have been loving is really asking, you know, do you have a conditional relationship to the idea of Self-improvement, growth. I'm willing to see what there is to see about myself as long as it doesn't and now fill in the blanks, right, with everything that's there. As long as I don't have to change, as long as I don't have to look at something uncomfortable, as long as I don't have to take responsibility. And um, I talk about what I call the soul shifts mantra. Today I'm willing to going to see what there is to see, to feel what there is to feel, and to know what there is to know, to actually say, you know, am I really wanting to see everything? Because what we see, we can shift. What we can't see, we can't shift. And when I share this with people, you can see in their eyes are going, you know what, it's true. You know, what I don't see gets me in trouble much more than what I see. And anyone listening can think about when you've gotten in trouble in your life or made a mistake. Was it because you saw something or because you didn't see it? And then you collided with it. So it's shifting, first of all, our conditional relationship to growing and also shifting the idea of spiritual growth and personal growth from what I call spiritual shopping and collecting revelations. I took this, this class, I did this, <laughs> I have a deck of cards, I, once I did Reiki, I have a picture of a t-shirt with Ganesh on it, you know, all these, you know, and, and I'm spiritual and I drink some green drinks once a week and those are all great things, which I, all, which I do. But that's wrapping paper. That's not the present. That's not the real shift. And there's a lot of people out there who are ready to really shift. They've been shift. They've been moving. They've been adjusting. They've been rearranging the furniture. I'm talking about a new house. Really, really transforming. And there's a technology to it. It's not hard. If you have a map. It's a lot easier to travel, and I've been creating these maps for decades, so I'm so overjoyed in Soul Shifts to share them with people, and they're so easy to follow, and it's fantastic to see instant shifts that people make. Well, you know, it's, it's that age-old adage, if you change your mind, you change your world, right? And I, this is what, what, I, what we're talking about here, that you, if you turn the screw a quarter of an inch, magic can happen. But we have to allow space to do that. And we have to trust that we are that we're not going to die. There will be no blood. It may be a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. Well, it's actually beyond changing the mind. And this is where I think soul shifts comes in. Because even our mind, uh, which is our thoughts, etc., comes from our consciousness. So consciousness is beyond the mind. Consciousness is something bigger. And a lot of people are fighting with their thoughts all the time. Thinking, if I just can think positively everything will be fine. It's not about thinking positively. It's about shifting inside so that from that place, positive thoughts arise, vision arises, creativity arises, love arises. Trying to manage ourselves all the time is exhausting. And managing yourself with spiritual understanding is no better than managing yourself with any understanding. It's about something bigger than that. And it's really amazing to understand that actually all change, real change is vibrational. It's something that's permanent. You know, when ice shifts to water, it's not that it kind of looks like water, but it's really still ice. It is water. So really shifting is something that happens when we shift from trying to manage everything to real mastery on the inside. And there are simple, simple practices that we can do that make that happen. And that's what I call a real soul shift, not a mind shift, 
or even a heart shift. We are going to go to a break. We are talking about transformation and soul shifting with Barbara DeAngelis. To learn more, please visit www.barbaradeangelis.com on Facebook. She is at Dr. Barbara DeAngelis and on Twitter at Dr. B. DeAngelis. Here come those tunes. We'll be right back and we will continue the conversation about vibrational mastery, soul shifting, and how change can be made simply and through a process that Barbara has developed. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on t-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Love is in the air, in the whisper of the tree. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download this podcast. Why? Because it's kind, it's free, it's legal, it's available 24-7, and we are talking about transformation and growth with Dr. Barbara DeAngelis. She has a new book that is about to be released that I am anticipating reading called Soul Shifts. Transformative Wisdom for Creating a Life of Authentic Awakening, Emotional Freedom, and Practical Spirituality. So, Barbara, prior to the break, we were getting into some of the nuts and bolts of vibrational mastery, and I would love for you to to give us a couple of demonstrations of what you're actually speaking of from the book. Well, I'll I'll give everybody a very simple example. Um, In each moment, we have many decisions to make, and each moment... We are having to make a choice about who do we call, what do we do, um, what way do we look at a problem. One of the simplest ways to begin to understand how things affect you vibrationally is to ask yourself the question, does this expand me or contract me? Everyone right now can think of someone you love, and if you took a second to notice your body, you'd notice you feel more relaxed, more open, more expanded. If you think about, we're rushing through this, but think about somebody you don't like or something you don't like to do, you'll tighten up, your breathing will change, you'll feel contracted. That's vibrational shifting. So when you're thinking, do I want to go to that friend's house or do I want to take a walk by myself? Do I want to work in business with this person or not? If you start to even tune in and say, is this expanding me or contracting me? Does the thought of that expand me or contract me? It's the beginning of help you not make decisions just from what's happening in your mind, good, bad, but actually vibrationally tuning into what works for you. That's just one example of, very simple example, of some of the things that I go into much more depth with to understand how to navigate through your life very differently so that you're in alignment with the highest all the time. And this, excuse me, this is something that I heard you say in the first um, segment that we were talking about alignment. And the word that came to mind for me is congruency, that when we are able to walk our talk, then our thoughts, our feelings and our actions become in, in alignment for our highest good and for, for the highest good of those around us. It's not just for our own selves. 
That's exactly right. Um, the idea of tuning into, and I have a, um, a whole solstice practice I teach, what is the highest thought about this? To actually, you're, you're upset with somebody, you're thinking, I should tell them what's happening, or maybe I should never call them. And just if you stop even, I'm trying to give you all simple things you can do today. Close your eyes and ask yourself, what is the highest thought about this? The second you say highest, it pulls your awareness up. It's not an idea, but it actually shifts you vibrationally. What you see from the highest is very different from what you see from other places. Beginning to practice a lot of these things is just one of the ways that we can shift. And one of the other most important things is understanding that all of you listening are already making a huge difference. You know, I know that you as a radio host and a transformational teacher and I have our lives dedicated to making a difference. And many times people say, I wish I could make a difference. What I say in Soul Shifts is you are always making a difference. Every thought we have feeling our presence is vibrationally, by the law of physics, making a difference every day. The question is, what kind of difference are we making? So the decision, when I get it together, I'll make a difference. It's too late. <laughs> You're making a difference when you walk into a room or, or sit by yourself even with the vibration of your being. And the truth is that your shifts will shift the world. So I believe the commitment to our own soul shifts is one of the highest contributions we can make to the planet. I agree. If everybody takes care of uh, their own business, then we have a pretty amazing place, this world. You know, if everybody really commits to um, their own transformation, their own growth, their own um, um, agreement to create more joy, to create more well-being, the world begins to shift positively. It does. And the other thing I want to remind everybody, if you're listening to this, it means what I call your cosmic alarm clock went off and that clock went off and said, you're here for a reason. It's time to wake up as a soul, as a being. Sometimes when we wake up, we're very disoriented. We're not sure what we're supposed to be doing. And this is, again, one of the reasons I wrote Soul Shifts for all those people waking up who uh, really are now looking for the maps, you know, how do I proceed? And so I, I honor you, first of all, for having this show and all the people who listen and are listening as the, pe the members of the Cosmic Advance team. We wake up first and then we help everybody else wake up. I love that. The Cosmic Advance team. We need t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I talk about that in the first chapter of the book. <laughs> we need some swag with that. That's, that's very, very funny, but it, it, it is true. And, you know, I, um, first of all, this show is, is, is part of my happiness project. I've been doing this work for a long time myself. And the joy that I get from speaking with people like you and sharing the information and helping um, create something that's positive and, and fun and sometimes very, very funny is, uh, is in itself um, raising the vibration. But there's something else I wanted to touch upon. You mentioned in the first segment about not feeling as though the transformation is moving fast enough. That because we are uh, uh, a nation, particularly in America, of instant seeking, instant gratification seeking, sometimes those shifts um, don't occur quickly. Sometimes those shifts are very, very slow. And I don't know that there's necessarily a timetable, you know, that it's got to occur, you know, at this moment or tomorrow or the next day. Uh, you're absolutely right in terms of people who are wanting to, inst you know, instant enlightenment. And the problem with that is that um, like anything that grows and blossoms, it is a process. However, one of the biggest mistakes I think seekers make, along with what I call spiritual impatience, is not understanding the signs along the way. Um, many times there are things we're going through, one of them I call the divine discomfort, that we misinterpret as if something not good is happening when actually something good is happening. In Soul Shifts, I talk a lot about the symptoms of transformation that many people misinterpret as the symptoms of being a mess and they're not the same thing. It's such a relief when I teach and lecture on this and people say, I'm not crazy, I'm just getting enlightened. <laughs> and it helps for somebody to have gone there before and say, watch out for this, go here, go around this mountain. That means this. We all need guides and maps. It's my honor to do this 
in life. And I honor my own teachers for having guided me. So uh, it helps to proceed forward in your life with really great maps. And it helps proceed to proceed on the spiritual path with maps that help you know you're going in the right direction and not getting stuck in the wrong direction. I think you make a very good point about um, when things don't happen fast enough or there is discomfort that it is not happening. I think that's very comforting for people who are listening to know that when we are going through something that is difficult, when we are challenged by our circumstances, even though we feel we're doing all the work, that that in of itself may be the work and not to be discouraged. That's right. It is the work. If anyone's ever had a baby, um, if somebody didn't understand what was happening during labor, they'd think something was terribly wrong and say, stop this whole process. When a diamond is polished, it is rubbed and rubbed so that the shine and the brilliance can come out. We are all being rubbed all the time. We are all being polished. And things happen in our life to press on us, to squeeze us, understanding that we can cooperate with them, navigate through them, and come out the other side living the life we want. Instead of thinking something's wrong with us, we understand something very right is happening. It's very hopeful when I write about this in Soul Ships, and it makes a big difference for people. You know, the, 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 the concept of uh, expecting life to be perfect, you know, that it's always going to be joyful, is really quite unrealistic. And the discomfort is as impermanent as the happiness. It comes and it goes. Well, I think it also depends on what we mean by discomfort. That's why I call it divine discomfort. Um, many people right now listening are feeling an agitation and you know a, a real sense of disruption in their life inside themselves. And that happens many times when something is trying to birth itself through us, an idea, a change, a new direction for ourselves, a transformation, a death and a rebirth. So whenever I speak to audiences and there'll be 5,000 people and I say, who's going through the divine discomfort? They don't even know what it means and they raise their hands and they're so (laughs) relieved. And I'll say, you're not crazy because there is that inner agitation when something is trying to move and it's colliding with our old stuff. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And again, these are the things that I talk about um, in the soul shift map so that we understand whether something is a blessing or a burden. Many times we misinterpret those things that we think are burdens. They're actually blessings that are allowing us to rebirth and are polishing us. And understanding, you know, these soul shifts that I talk about, um, understanding them, you know, shifting from thinking about something the wrong way to a way that helps relaxes us, opens us, and then the universe can actually move us faster when we're not kind of having a little uh, spiritual tantrum and digging our heels in and we're trying to be, you know, something's trying to move us in one direction and we're clutching on to something, kind of like a kid with an old toy it doesn't want to let go of. We really are being guided and knowing how to cooperate with that is part of what solstice is about. Well, it's uh, this is saying, you know, what um, what uh, you resist persists. That's you know? absolutely correct. And what you here's, here's another one. And what you can't identify will keep knocking on the door of your consciousness until you see it. <laughs> so, so this is this is why some people know that, but then they're saying, "But I'm not resisting." You know, I know you know this. You know, I'm not resisting. So I, I like oh, that no, saying. Not me. I like that saying. That's a great saying. I should tweet that to somebody. Um, you know, how do you find out what you're resisting without realizing it? How do you see and dig deeply? Again, this is this is the map I create in my work with everybody. It's certainly what I wanted to do that I've been teaching for decades in seminars, my advanced seminars, and put it into uh, this book. And really, as I said, help people with authentic enlightenment practical spirituality so that not just when your eyes are closed you're going to church you're doing affirmations you're doing yoga you feel fine and then you open your eyes or come out into the world but how do you live your highest every day not just on the outside but on the inside once again the book is soul shifts transformative wisdom for creating a life of authentic awakening emotional freedom and practical spirituality by Dr. Barbara DeAngelis. To learn more, please visit Dr. Barbara DeAngelis at www. Ah, 
I'm tongue twisted here because I know I'm under pressure to get off the line. www.barbaradeangelis.com on Facebook, Dr. Barbara DeAngelis, and Twitter, the handle is at Dr. B. DeAngelis. And this book will be available, I'm assuming, at, where all books can be found these days. Any second. Absolutely. It's on the internet, it's everywhere. And you can also go to soulshifts.com and find out about uh, fantastic gifts I'm giving everybody who gets the book. Lots of meditations, I hear. Rumor has it. Beautiful meditations. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Have a beautiful day. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting. Thank Happiness. you so Thank much you. for everything you do. My pleasure. And you as well. Thank you. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about transformations. We're talking about ways that we can actually change our lives, that we can step through the portal to something new. And one of the ways that I personally love to do this is by having more fun in my life, to create more joy, to do things that um, make me smile and make those around me smile. And my next guest is doing just that. Marnie K. Macrodacus is the author of Hop, Skip, Jump and the founder of the online community Arteliland.com. Her first book, Creating Time Using Creativity to Reinvent the Clock and Reclaim Your Life, is a number one hit on Amazon's bestseller list in several categories. Marnie lives in Dallas, Texas, and her new book covers manifesting or creating changes that you wish to see in your life and explains how this transformation ultimately comes down to momentum. And when we play, when we play well, when we get into that flow state that we often speak about on this show, we connect to that power of momentum, oftentimes transparently. Welcome, Marnie. Thank you, Lisa. I'm so glad to be here. I am so glad to have you here because I have been reading your book, Hop, Skip, Jump, Jump, 75 Ways to Playfully Manifest a Meaningful Life. And what I love about it is these exercises or challenges, are they're just, they're great fun, which is what they are intended to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because I love that play as a topic has come in to get some more attention in the corporate world. And, you know, we see a lot of books about play theory. Um, but what I found when I was doing my own research for the book is that there are a lot of books about play that are kind of serious <laughs> and not very playful. And I really wanted to have uh, have a lot of fun and invite the reader to just open up to any page and shake up the snow globe of their life and just have some fun. I like that, the snow globe of our lives. Let's talk about how the book is organized because you use the title Hop, Skip, Jump to kind of lead us down the playful path. Absolutely. Hop, Skip, Jump corresponds to what 
I'm naming the three phases of manifesting. And by manifesting, I mean creating anything, bringing anything that we want into being. And of course, that could be um, a creative dream or a new home or a relationship or desired um, health status, any kind of transformation that, that we want to bring forward. And so hop, skip, jump refer to three different phases or gestures in the manifestation process. Hop is that phase where we're dreaming, um, brainstorming, planning, visioning, really getting into what that dream really is. Skip is the phase that's all about experimenting and exploring and dabbling and trying a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then jump is the phase that is about completion and commitment and following through and celebrating. And so all three of these are parts that work together to help us see where we are naturally strong and the areas in which we could use a little boost. And that's how hop, skip, and jump work together. And each section has 25 different ways to engage in play to activate that particular uh, energetic. Can we give an example to our listeners about a hop challenge? Absolutely. So again, hop is all about that place where you're gathering energy about your dream or your vision, where you're really getting um, very specific about what that is. And you're also looking at beliefs that might be um, that might be uh, outdated or not, might not be supportive of what you're doing or, or what you're wanting to create. So one of the things about the hop phase is really building up, as you said, Lisa, the momentum. And in here in the hop phase, it's the momentum of believing in your dream and really creating a container so that you can remember why it is that you want to be doing this. So one of the 25 exercises in the hop phase is making what I call a hope rope. (laughs) And it's kind of like a fun twist on a jump rope. And basically what you do is I invite you to write down on little slips of paper all the things that you love about this dream and this vision. And then tape them together in a little paper chain, you know, like we used to do in kindergarten, right? Little links, little paper links. And so you're literally making something that's tangible. You can point at and say, yes, those are all of the things that excite me about this dream. And, you know, you can hang that up or I like to put them around plants, (laughs) as little like year-round Christmas trees. And this is a way to just really absorb that feeling of hope. You know, it's one thing to think about the things that excite you um, about a dream. And it's another thing to actually put your hands together and make something to represent that. So that is an example. I, I, I say that um, it's kind of like a slinky that hope expands and contracts. And when we play with a slinky, of course, we're the one that is stretching or moving the slinky between our hands, right? And so this little exercise is a way to put hope in our own hands and then uh, end up with something tangible to hang up or to look at. And and I like the process of, I call it concretizing, being able to get Mm. what's in your head down on a piece of paper and it being something visual, fun and visual that that creates conversation, which creates energy. And this is what you're talking about in this momentum building phase. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that conversation certainly creates energy. And I use in in Hop, Skip, Jump a lot of different uh, creative activities that are hands-on that involve, you know, crayons and paper and scissors and glue sticks. And they're really appropriate for people, well, for anyone, really. It could be people who... um, are naturally inclined to go to their creative expression. I work a lot with artists and writers, but it also could be for people who haven't picked up a a pair of scissors and crayons since kindergarten, because those kinds of very simple uh, 
supplies or toys or tools, they bring us back into a childlike mindset, which taps us into that natural place of spontaneous creativity, which really is what helps us build momentum. And I love what you said in the intro, Lisa, that it's often transparent. We don't even realize that we're being productive because we're having so much fun. And let's talk about the difference between a left brain and right brain approach to productivity, because I, this is what I think is the key, the really the kernel of what you are teaching and, and sharing. Absolutely. So the left brain process is the part of our brains that works toward logic, a cognitive thought, linear, um, and you know our, our our society is very geared toward a left brained approach to goals, where you know we make a list of things that we want to do and steps by which we achieve it, and we work in a step by step linear way, working toward our results. The right brain is the part of our brain that is accessing creativity, intuition, flow. And so the right brain approach to productivity is really about tapping into what moves us and what engages creativity. In a right-brained approach to creativity and, and to, uh, to productivity, it's a, an approach that is modular but not linear. And what I mean by that is that everything we do builds upon each other, but maybe not in what we might think of as a logical linear order. If we're looking at one, two, three, four, five as being our five steps, that's great if our energy can be sustained in steps one, two, three, four, five. However, what happens if we get stuck at three? <laughs> and so in this case, sometimes it makes sense to go one, two, five, 12, three, 18, and skip around a little bit so that we have some momentum to keep us going through. And I can give an example of that if you like. Um, I, I would. We're going to need to go to a break in a minute, but I wanted to just bring um, a couple of contrasts uh, to our listeners' awareness. And I'm reading from your book. There's a little chart in the beginning of the book that talks about the differences between a left brain approach, which is the more conventional approach to productivity and accomplishing tasks, and the bright brain approach, which is, I would you know, call it more the, the artistic or creative uh, approach to problem solving and productivity. And you have mm -hmm. something very cute in here. You talk about what you just mentioned about um, the left brain being based on priorities mm -hmm. and what is most important and the right-brained approach being based on glorities, what is most glorious, what is yes. most fun. Yeah, what, where, what brings out just the glory and the flow and the excitement of our lives? And so when we're looking at all of these things that we might pull from in terms of what we do next – Follow our energy, follow the glory, follow the excitement, even if it doesn't feel like the most important next step, because that's what's going to pull us into the energy and keep us from being stuck or stagnant. Um, the glory, the name glory came actually from um, with me and my staff. I have a, a virtual company, so my staff and my team is um, all around the world. And so we do most of our communication by email. And that red priority flag, you know, in emails, boy, does that cause stress. And so instead of... <laughs> I hate that dang thing. And so I said, there's got to be another way to say this is something to get your attention. And so that's when I came up with the word glorities. Like, so we just put in the subject line glority, which means this is something not to freak out about, but this is something that has some excitement to it and, and bring your glory of expression right here. So that's where that began. <laughs> Well, it's adorable and it's befitting. And I think there is something very powerful in what you are sharing with this technique, because um, when you look at the science of happiness, when you look at positive psychology and its strength-based ethos, it's in other words, where we really focus in on the things that we're good at and you begin to work with that to cultivate more joy and certainly being in a state of curiosity, wonder, awe, delight, and play is known to generate more happiness. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And when we can stay in that place while we are, as we are doing the work, and I'm doing little air quotes here as I'm speaking with yes. you, <laughs> that, that, that we do stay in that, uh, that place of elevated energy, which makes the work feel like play. Absolutely. And that's what this is all about, is creating a world where hard work feels like easy, deep, satisfying play more and more of the time. Well, we are going to dance off to break. Marnie K. Macrodacus and myself. The book is Hop, Skip, Jump. And the website to learn more is artellaland.com. The Facebook page is Hop, Skip, Jump Book. And here we go. Off the break. Here come those tunes. And we'll be dancing back shortly. If you feel like happiness is the truth, like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Wow. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't So good. Welcome back so to Harvesting good. Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just you. joining us now, I am speaking with Marnie K. Macrodakis. She is the author of Hop, Skip, Jump, as well as the founder of the online community, Artelaland.com. And we're talking about the power of creativity and play in joy making, but also in transformation. When we want to change something in our lives, when we want to start a new venture or endeavor, she has really developed a very playful, clever, and fun way to jump right in. And the three-step process, is, as, as the title indicates, is hop, skip, jump. So let's talk, Marnie, now about the next phase, which is the skipping into our productivity. Mm, absolutely. So skipping is the phase where we're all about experimenting and exploring and trying new things. And this is, it's a phase that often gets kind of a bad rap because there are people who have heard their whole life who are natural skippers who have heard, you know, oh, you're always doing, you're always jumping from one thing to another. When are you going to choose? When are you going to settle down? And these are the people who say, well, I'm really good at starting things, but not at finishing things, or I'm I have too many interests, when in fact, if we can really embrace that skipping is really, it's a superpower. It means that our bodies and our energy detectors, our personal energy detectors, know what we want and know what we're interested in. And that's awesome. That is not something that, that we should um, continue to uh, berate or belittle ourselves for. And I work with a lot of creative people, creative entrepreneurs, and that's often an area where some real healing needs to be done because they've heard, you know, so, so much that, um, that, that, that this is a weakness in them. And so skipping, trying, experimenting, exploring, that is a vital part of the creative process. So one of the examples that I, uh, that I give in the skip phase is to really embrace the idea 
of shiny objects, you know, because we've heard shiny object syndrome, right? <laughs> we've all yes. heard about that. And that's usually talked about in, you know, in a, in a kind of derogatory way, you know, shiny object syndrome, basically a shorthand for, oh, I'm not going to finish this because I'm going to go over there and see what's shiny there. But if we look at the skip phase as the part of us that builds momentum we can actually create ways to find and, and harness the power of shiny objects. So here's this simple little playful tool that I offer to bring out uh, the power of shiny objects. And it's to imagine that you have a metal detector, you know, those things that you run over the beach or the sand or the big yard that goes beep, beep, beep when you hit something shiny. But to imagine that you have that, in your core, in your heart, in your vitality. And as you go through your day, just be aware of the things that are calling you. And you can literally walk around your house or any place or space or through a book and let yourself internally or even out loud say, beep, 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 when there's something <laughs> that excites you. You don't have to know what it means. You don't have to run right in and follow it. But just to really fine tune that part of you that says, oh, beep, 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 beep. For some reason, this is interesting me. And for some people, this is very easy because they're natural skippers. I have a quiz at the beginning of the book to help you find, are you a natural hopper, skipper, or jumper? But for some people, this is actually difficult to give themselves permission to be excited by new ideas that might not be on the master plan, so to speak. So I suggest keeping a little shiny object journal. And whenever you feel that beep, 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 <laughs> drawing a little doodle or uh, a quick, a quick little note about the things that are stirring you, because you never know where that might play a role. At the very least, it gets you excited. It wakes up your neurons. It draws you in. And there is a lot of value in that. I love what you've just said, because from a coaching model, you know, we call that scaling energy. So yep. when you have that little beep, 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 it's because your little energy meter is is rising, which means there is positive emotion and effect going on within. And one of the things that we often do is we bypass this because we say, oh, no, no, we have to, you know, keep keep focus, keep our eyes on the prize and not go off course when, in fact, the going off course, you know, the skipping around is another way, like you just described, of keeping that momentum going. Absolutely. Energizing, energizing what we're doing. Yeah, it's far better than what happens so often, which is we get to a point where we're stuck or stagnant or we feel resistance or overwhelm. And so we just stop. Right. And the longer that we stay in that stagnant place, the harder it is to get back going. So, you know, as you say, from a coaching standpoint, point, the idea of moving, no matter what we're <laughs> moving, every movement is movement. And uh, along those lines. I really think it's important to remember that what moves us is what moves us. And that means what moves us emotionally is what moves us into action and what moves us forward. And I love that we can be able to, to have conversations that action doesn't have to be linear and about the expected, that we can pay attention to that little beep, beep, beep and follow it and know that that's valuable too. And this taps into intuition. It taps into yes. a skill that we all possess, um, that we all can cultivate more of, um, but we don't often listen to. We, we sort of poo-poo it. You know, we want to shush it when, in fact, we need to sort of fan the flames of that energy because it, it is what can guide us to really opening doors that we never thought were possible for ourselves. Absolutely. And this skip phase is all about really bringing in intuition, really being aware of synchronicity and, and harmony, and really trusting that instead of bypassing it, instead of saying, oh, I'm just supposed to go right to the jump phase, really gaining that which will sustain us. And that is that, that strong intuitive center and that energy that becomes, you know, that snowballs, that just becomes uh, impossible to stop in a really good way. When we get to the third phase here of our creation process, the jumping phase, what is so surprising about the jump phase? 
I think one thing that's surprising about the jump phase is that that is not the be all end all goal. This book is not about how to tell you how to um, be a jumper, but rather how to work all three of these, or I should say play with all three of these energetics simultaneously. Um, The jump phase is, that is the most satisfying place because it's where we get to point to things and say, look, I did that. And where we get to have that satisfaction of commitment and completion. And yet it is the phase where... um, it's, it's very difficult to be in that phase without uh, sufficiently tickling the other two. And interestingly, often, if the other two phases have been built up enough, the jump phase is very often the, the, um, the easiest phase to activate. And I think that that's uh, surprising to some people. And... Um, you know, I really think that that jump is about taking these things that we've already built up and that's just getting through those final pushes, really befriending and becoming curious with the areas where we feel overwhelmed and resisting and really tapping into an energy of play. And I think what you said that when we are doing the other two phases, you know, that the buildup is there, that the groundwork is laid, that oftentimes that final jump phase is a lot less scary than we believe it will be. It becomes very, very natural. And it's more like a step across to the other side as opposed to a leap because oh, all of the, yes. everything's been done. Yes. And that, oh, I love the way you said that because, yeah, there's so much that's been put into place and it, it is, it becomes surprisingly easy. And yet without those two phases and all of the things that, that build them up, the jump phase can, um, can be either uh, difficult or overwhelming or the results can be unsatisfactory. Um, I'm a great case in point myself because when I take my my quiz <laughs> to find out if you're a hopper, skipper, jumper, which by the way, anybody can take at artellaland.com. It's an online quiz. You can take it right away see if you are a hopper, skipper, a jumper. And I naturally jump. That's where I go to. I just want to jump right in. However, when I do activate that visioning part of the hop and that experimenting part of the skip, my results are so much more satisfactory. So it's really all three of them working together. It's not just about jumping and getting things done. It's about having that proper, playful, exciting foundations that you can really feel good and feel that sustaining pull that pulls you in. It's not a push. It's a pull into completion. Mm, that's a very good point you just made about the, the pull, the pull into, into the vortex, you know, into that vortex of, of shift and change. Mm-hmm. That the, the, the train has left the station and we're not going back. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Which is exciting. I mean, it may be daunting for some, but I think it's the exciting part of, of transformation personally. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because again, whether jumping is something that is easy for you or whether it's something that you feel overwhelmed or or have that uh, resistance to, it is quite satisfying to be able to have that commitment and completion. And like the little kid who, you know, draws something that gets put on the refrigerator and say, I did that, I did that. And that just builds more energy so that in this game board of life, we just keep going around and around and around. Well, I urge our listeners to run off and buy this book because it really is an absolute delight. And it, it, it is a it's a very serious book. I would describe it, but presenting the concepts playfully and joyfully and artfully. So we want to um, get curious with it and, and, and have fun. Once again, the author is Marnie K. Macrodakis. The book is Hop, Skip, Jump, and the subtitle is 75 Ways to Playfully Manifest a Meaningful Life. To learn more, please visit artellaland.com. And on Facebook, the page is Hop, Skip, Jump Book. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. 
Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypers Kamen and my amazing guests today, Barbara DeAngelis and Marnie K. Makradakis, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And a heartfelt shout out of thanks to our producers who make us shine each and every week. We really appreciate you. Go out and make it a good one. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on Toginet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts available at iTunes. To learn more about Lisa's filmography, felicitation, and philanthropy, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Each week, Harvesting Happiness presents engaging trendsetters, exploring our world through science, art, medicine, media, music, philosophy, politics, and the human heart, whose perspectives on life are sure to inspire, provoke, and engage. Lisa's diverse guests are a proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Like Lisa says, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following us on Twitter at hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Then join us again next week at this same time on the Toginet Radio Network.